Hi, everybody. It's Robbie and Garrett here. We just want to let you know that the SAG-AFTRA strike against the uh, studios has happened. And we just wanted to assure everyone that this was recorded before the strike began. And we want to stress that we fully support SAG-AFTRA and the WGA in getting a fair contract. Agreed. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, Garrett Wong, whose mother was once accepted to the Taiwan School of Drama when she was young, but decided not to go because of her father's objections. And myself, your favorite helmsman, Robert Duncan McNeil, a.k.a. RDM, Robbie McDunk, Robbie D. You can get the full version of this podcast. Don't forget, if you sign up to patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers, Garrett, tell me about your mom was interested in drama. I never knew this. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, first of all. I just want to ask you, does anyone yes. actually call you Robbie McDunk? Does it, do you have any friends that say Robbie yeah. McDunk? Really? Uh, yeah. On the set of Chuck. Um, yes. Josh, who played Morgan, um, okay. Chuck's, yes. Chuck's best friend called yes, me right. McDunk, Robbie McDunk all the time. All right. So yeah. there is somebody. Okay. Yeah, Cause there's nobody on the Voyager set that said Robbie McDunk to you. Everyone said Robbie pretty much. Yeah. From I get I Robbie D a lot. Robbie D I get yeah. from Ethan Phillips. That was, that came from him. Yeah. I, I get RDM a lot. And I didn't know that you didn't like Dunkin' Donut. Rob, you don't like Robbie Dunkin' Donut. I, I don't like, no. That was no, because I wrote that on a piece of black yeah. tape and with the silver sharpening, I put it on your trailer, on your name once. Yeah, it, it's trauma, I trauma from my childhood, being teased and bullied. I should have known better. That was horrible of me. Some so. mean, mean boys mean. that called Very me Dunkin' Donuts. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Okay, let's get back to my mom. Your mom. Okay, so let me explain. The Taiwan this. School of yeah. Drama. So, so here, this is what happens, Robbie. In Taiwan, when you graduate from high school, you you take a college entrance exam. Okay, yes. the exam is similar to like an SAT or an ACT, what we take in yes. the United States of America. You know, there's a math portion. There's a there's a yeah, there's all these different portions. But what's different from the SAT and the ACT is that this Taiwan um, college entrance exam test also has a section which sort of it weighs your creative abilities your artistic side as wow. well right so that's something that you don't see in the sat and act and then depending on your scores it's almost like like a placement exam like a, almost You're like they say it's like a placement exam it's like it's, you you take it, the test and they say okay here's what you should do right so the guy that scores perfect on the math becomes the number one pick or the number one selection to the taiwan school of engineering you see right. what, you see what i'm saying yeah. and and it was almost like sports teams like it, depending on your performance on that test you'd be first second third fourth fifth in the math right and they print this in the national newspaper like they publish it they publish it they, so that everyone knows where everyone went to so my mom is looking and she's looking and she didn't see her name anywhere. And then, you know, I think a brother or sister go, there's your name. And she was the number one pick to the Taiwan School of Drama. Oh, my God. Number one. Not Holy like, you know, 15th, crap. but number Had one. Had she like done she plays flew... and things like that before? 
No, but she's always been like, I always say like my personality and my, how I am is very yeah. much her, you know, and you've, you've met yeah. her in person. She's, yeah. she can talk, you know what I'm saying? She yeah, can be yeah, a character. Yeah. So, yeah. So no, she never, she hadn't done any theater, anything like that. But this en entrance exam basically focused on that, that part that focused on the artistic ability, she really outshone everybody else. And they wow. were like, that's the one. And so she was kind of she excited. Could have she been was like, a wow. star. She could have been. And I, when she told me the story when I was younger, I said, so why didn't you do it, mom? She said, oh, you know, my father, your grandfather said, no, absolutely not over my dead oh. body. Because in Chinese culture, yeah, that's not... when it comes to, you know, respectability, occupations that you could choose, the number one, the most respected occupation is teacher or professor. So if you're wow. an instructor or professor, you're the most respected in China over every other job. Wow. Okay? Then it keeps going down, 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 down. The bottom tier is merchant. So businessman is at the bottom tier. And wow. then below, the, the, there's not even a rung below <laughs> businessman. It's just the dirt. That's where actors reside yeah. in Chinese, you know, traditionally. So this is, you know, wow. in my grandfather's uh, mind, and the old Chinese way of thinking, this is not a respectable job. So yeah. he was like, no, you can't do this. Well, what that reminds me of is when I lived in New York City and was in the theater community there, there was a club down off of kind of Midtown. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Old part of New York City. There was a, a brownstone club called the Players Club. And I didn't know about this, but I went to an opening night party there one time at the players club and you walk into this brownstone they own the whole thing huh. and it's kind of like the soho house or something but it's been around since ah. the early 1800s wow and it was it was a club for theater people because hotels and restaurants and places wouldn't allow them in theater wouldn't allow them so if you were coming in to perform a play you couldn't get a nice place to stay so the players club created this place where you could have a great meal you oh, could rent man. a room upstairs you could stay you were welcome you weren't treated like dirt and that club the players club is still around in new york city wow there's you know edwin booth and and john wilkes booth you know posters yeah. or playbills are up on the wall like really old school sure american actors I, I didn't know that there was that disrespect or discrimination against actors in this country as well oh, i had yeah. no clue so you couldn't wow. go to a hotel if you were an actor yeah. they were like, nope don't want you here wow so when she told me that grandpa you know basically vetoed her going to this drama school i still i still said that's crazy like why didn't you just say no switch set your foot down and you could have gone and you would have been this huge um, yeah. megastar. That would have been a and family said, tradition. Yes. Yeah. And she said, yes, but if I had done that, I would be married to Jackie Chan and you would not be here. That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> I was like, okay, that is a valid point. That's so, true. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but isn't that funny that that creative spark yeah. was passed down to you it to me, in yes. some way, genetically or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. And it expressed itself in your career and your and your life. So that's uh, that's awesome. Oh yeah. So yeah. Thanks Very for bringing that up. That's a fun one to talk about. Yeah. Most of my most mm -hmm. of the credits you brought up, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm like, oh, not that one again. You no, know, that's a cool. <laughs> then, uh, that's a cool. This one's a good one to talk about. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It's Very cool. cool. All right. So this week's episode is yes. Homestead. Yes. I think we're gonna have 
a special guest with us we we will to have talk someone. about yeah. this episode yeah and the memories and re reliving this episode i'm really particularly mm -hmm. excited about this mm -hmm. one. okay well let's let's go and watch this real quick i know both of us have a general idea of what this is about but we yeah. haven't seen the you know episode no. in many many years so no. the details and the b storylines we don't know at all um so let's go watch this patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus material Okay, we are back, and guess what? We have none other than Ethan Phillips, or at least the voice of Ethan Phillips, joining us right now. We're Thank so you, happy. Derek. Yes. I'm not as happy as you, but I'm happy, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> you're you're always a combination of super happy and it's the end of the world. Right. It's like, it's like both of those things at once. Um, you know, an optimist... It's, uh, it's just uh, a pessimist is just an optimist in possession of all the facts. <laughs> you know thank what I'm saying? You. Yes, thank you. Words exactly. of wisdom. Let's dive in because I want to hear your memories as we talk through this episode, what happened. Halax pilgrims found. Neelix forced to take a stand. He stays with his own. Ooh, yes. Very, very nice. nice. Very you. nice. That could be one of, of Garrett's best haikus ever. That's an excellent ever. haiku. It's oh, a wonderful you, haiku. Robbie. Okay, listen Here to comes Robbie's my limerick. limerick. My mm -hmm. limerick for Homestead. Yes. To, to capture the entire pathos of this episode. Yeah. In a limerick. Here we go. We discover a Talaxian colony inside a big space rock. Neelix meets Dexa. And his heart starts to unlock. Happy ending chances? Zero. These guys really need a hero. We all say goodbye with a dance move from Tuvok. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Tuvok. There's my limerick. I love it. That's great. That's great, Robert. Yeah. I think oh. I think it encapsulates all of the pathos. Of the episode, there's our there's our poetry synopsis. Yes, we cannot capture in a few words right. the uh, the entirety. But but let's talk about the writer and director first. Writer sure. Raph Green, mm. uh, Garrett and I guessed before we were wrong. It, it, uh, we thought it was different writers. We were sure Ken Biller had some his hands on this in some way. No, it's Raph, Raph Green. Green is the writer. Yeah, right. and the director we were wrong on too. Lebar Burton wasn't it? You're right. Mm -hmm. I thought it was John Bruno for some reason. John Garrett Bruno. thought it was oh. Alan Craker. This was LeVar Burton directed. Yeah, because I remember um, he had um, he, he one of the people that visited the set was Lawrence Fishburne, who was a pal of LeVar. So he was there oh, for a couple of days. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. I wish I yeah, was he, there he, too he, that he, day. <laughs> well, he was there, you know, for like he came by for a couple of hours and hung out with hung out with um LeVar in Video Village and um yeah. I got to talk wow. to him. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's mm -hmm. so cool. Okay. How cool. Now that you mentioned that, Ethan, I do remember Lawrence Fishburne being by the monitor because yeah. about it two years later, I directed a show called Eyes with Lawrence Fishburne's wife. And mm -hmm. I said to her, I remember meeting your husband on the mm -hmm. set of Star Trek, mm -hmm. but I had forgotten about that. So, yeah. wow. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So cool. Yeah, let's just jump right. right into it. We have Rob LaBelle, who we've had before. And I keep yep. thinking, 
Are the fans going to go, this is the same Talaxian we've seen multiple times on this show, but I no, know. he plays different characters. He's yeah. Oxalon. He's Oxalon, the council member in this episode. You know, other than a couple of voiceovers he did in 87, 89, his real on-camera first credit is Quantum Leap, an episode of Quantum Leap in 1992. Mm -hmm. uh, we also jump to the next individual on the guest star list is Julianne Christie, the lovely Julianne Christie who played Dexa. Her very, very first credit is the 1992 feature film Encino Man. Oh, Encino Man. Funny. Yes. Brendan Fraser, right? Yeah, Brendan, Brendan Fraser. That's right. Yeah. Brendan Fraser in Encino Man. Funny. We also have Ian Meltzer, who played young little Brax. Very first. Oh, the little boy. Yes, the little boy. The very first credit for Ian Meltzer is a 1998 episode of Touched by an Angel. Touched oh, by an Angel. Wow. Yep. Did uh, Ian Meltzer, did you see if he continued as an adult or was he just a child actor? No, he did. Well, he 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 did a few more credits. A little bit. And then, yeah, then all of a sudden you see stuff for him in like art department, other like, so he stayed in Hollywood. Oh, interesting. jumped into other, exactly. All right, co-stars, John Kenton Shull, who played Nakona. He's the head miner, the guy that's yep. sort of, you know, our, our heavy, our evil, you know, our person. Yes, the blockheaded yes. guys. The blockheaded guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. His very first credit was a 1981 episode of Fantasy Island with Mr. Rourke. So that was his very first credit. But he was also Robbie. He was the medicine man in season three opener, Basics Part Two. So he was that. Oh, you know, wow. yeah, he was that guy. He was also Brooke Don in the season six episode Barge of the Dead. So oh, assuming so, he's Klingon been on guy. our show a few times. Yeah, this is his third time on our show. Wow. We also have another co-star, Christian R. Conrad. That's the right hand man to Nakona, another a minor. 1984 yeah. TV movie Hard Knocks was his first credit. Not a bad movie. Yeah, he also did one episode of DS9 in 1997, and he also worked on Voyager. He played the role of Dunbar in Future's End and Future's End Part Two. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. I think that might have been uh, Begley Jr.'s, uh, you know, guy. sidekick or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So there you go. That's our interesting. There's our cast. They used the same people over and over again a lot, didn't they? They yes, sure they do. Did. Yeah. It's easier, right? I mean, if you're Ron Surma yeah. and you you need somebody quick, you can call up in a speed dial. You know who you want. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I have a question before we get into the plot of the episode, just yes. talking about guest stars. Ethan, Julianne Christie, who played Dexa, your love interest in this, mm -hmm. was wonderful. Just wonderful story. What are your memories about working with her? I thought she was really a sweet lady. I remember being yeah. really sweet and kind and very excited about being there she looked very good in the makeup which was which was interesting yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. i was wondering about that because you were pretty much one of the only actors that ever had to put on talaxian makeup it was a big process it's a big, it was, it's a big process and uh it's interesting because of mike westmore everybody who did wear it their personality came through the makeup in spite of the fact that it was so much rubber and glue up there yeah he he allowed the, the chin and the mouth to be free. I don't know how he did it. Well, he did the, um, you know, what they did the set, yeah. they cast it in, in the cement. So he captured their facial, uh, you know, main points anyway. But uh, uh. it's just the way that it, it just the individual pops through that makeup. It, unlike with Ferengis where it's, yeah. you know, the Ferengis and, but the Neelix makeup allowed individuality. Yeah, it, it allowed a lot of expression. I, I also love what he did with all these Talaxians. They weren't, it wasn't the exact same makeup on everyone. Right. Like like Daxa or Dexa didn't have any facial hair. And they might change the temple. The color in the temples was yellow for me, but they could 
change it a little. Mm-hmm. They changed a little. All the hair, all yeah, the hair was, was similar, but too. very, very specific, different colors. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rob LaBelle's character, Oxalon, had he must have been older because his beard came yes. down like along his neck, whereas right. your tufts were v- much smaller, which right. I interpreted as Neelix is younger than I right. thought. He's right. compared to Rob LaBelle's character, who must be an older. He's got this long beard. So we start out in the mess hall. The, we have a close-up on a vintage jukebox. Camera pulls back to reveal it's a party. First contact day party. Zephram Cochran's favorite dish, cheese pierogies. Chicote arrives to inform Janeway and Neelix that long-range sensors have detected hundreds of life forms 4.9 light years away. Guess what? They're Talaxian. Dun-dun-dun. It's a great scene. Do you remember that big party scene where you were passing food and talking to everybody? Yeah, yeah. I was pretty garrulous, if I remember correctly. You were. In this scene, What the things I loved about it, first of all, the Steadicam work, just moving around the entire room was beautiful. Mm-hmm. LeVar did a great job of keeping it moving and mm-hmm. and giving it energy in this opening yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea that you and Naomi Wildman had come up with this celebration for First Contact Day. It's not a typical thing, but it was... Neelix and Naomi's interpretation of this holiday. Right. And Tuvok was not interested at all. In fact, (laughs) near the end of the scene, before you get the news, you turn on some music and you started dancing. Yeah. And it was amazing. You know, you're doing this silly dance to the song. There must have been playback in this when in the set when we were you were dancing to the song. You had choreographed some moves. Uh-huh. And you're like, come on, Mr. Tuvok, Mr. <laughs> Vulcan, come on and dance with me. And he does not want to dance. And they set that up right in the beginning of that to, to, to be able to have that call back later on. It was wonderful. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because as yeah. they show you dancing, the camera pans down to your feet. And that's yeah. when you do that little waggle with yeah. your foot as the setup for later. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's, Good scene. it's the same move. The, the only thing in that scene I wish as I rewatched it is when you play the music and you start dancing. I wish everyone had danced a little bit except for Tuvok. I wish because yeah. it almost looked like Neelix was performing for everybody as opposed to Neelix is doing it and everybody in the room starts joining in, dancing or moving a little and Tuvok yeah. is just not. To me, that would have been yeah. even would, stronger. Been, yeah, yeah, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. First of all, we have an exterior space shot of Voyager. Then we jump to the bridge and Neelix comes on through the turbo lift. And boy, is he excited and nervous about meeting his own kind. They've been hailed, but yeah. no response yet. Voyager is way too big to go into this asteroid field where we're getting the readings of these Talaxians. So Paris suggests taking the Delta Flyer. We can't take the big ship in there because there's literally thousands of asteroids it's right, like it's right. packed with all yeah. these rocks so yeah so tom says hey let's take the flyer in i just want to insert this bridge scene mm-hmm. i remember filming this with my home movie camera and i, I looked at it uh, recently and i was goofing off so much in this <laughs> video during rehearsals kate even was looking at me like she she said something like what are you doing, Rob? Yeah. Like, because I must have had a brand new camera yeah. Yeah. and oh I was God. testing it out. Yeah. And I w- I thought to myself, I was the worst behaved actor. Robbie, as you know, this story set up the allowed us to start f-ing around. It was like the second oh, week God. of filming. 
And he <laughs> asked, he, and he had a line to me. He said, Neelix, hand me the pad. And you know how oh. they were spelled P-A-D-D. And Robbie went, while he was filming, Neelix, hand me the pad. And he pronounced the second D. And he had this glint in his eye. And I, I caught that glint. I said, this guy, McNeil, wants to f around. Well, I'm up for that because I love to f around. Robbie started it. I didn't know that I started it, but I'm not surprised <laughs> after looking at that home video yeah. of this scene on the bridge. I was like, now as a producer and director, if the actors behave like that, I would be like, hold on. Yeah. We're working right now. Let's have fun, but we got to get, right. you know. Okay. But right. nobody said anything. I was but watching my... it and nobody said. Robbie, yeah. I think you're a little critical saying you were so misbehaved, but you I would say that you were very cavalier with that new camera, the way you were talking. It I almost seemed everybody... like you were the showrunner. That's <laughs> what it seemed like. You were like, hey, guys, here's my camera. This is my show. Let me go ahead and record everybody. It was very funny. Yeah, and everybody knew you were having fun, and it was yeah. my last. Nobody's going to. It was your last episode. I wanted People to. I wanted make... to. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was it was awesome. Anyway, was we we I I just recently saw that we had a lot of fun and we were enjoying each other's company. And and as I watch rewatched this episode, that moved me a lot. We're in the Delta Flyer interior because Paris had just suggested to take the flyer, and we have yeah. Neelix, Tuvok, and Paris on this away mission into the asteroid field. Neelix gives Tuvok heck for not even trying to dance. He says he's gonna he's gonna get him to dance before they get back to Earth. Uh, he says that Tuvok was afraid. Tuvok denies this. They start to get into a little bit of a tiff, and Paris is like, hey, you guys, am I going to have to separate you? And <laughs> yeah. I felt like when I said that line, my reading was almost like to Ethan and Tim Russ going, hey, guys. <laughs> Speaking of goofing off, Ethan, right. you and Tim. Goofed off constantly. Yeah. 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 That felt very, very real. My my line delivery of if you two don't stop, I'm going to come back there and separate you. Right. <laughs> felt like I could have said that a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. Did we go over to stage 16 then? We must have gone to stage 16. The flyer? Yeah, yeah probably yeah. to film the flyer. Yeah, yep. I would think so. That is correct. Yeah. Tuvok does detect that life signs are coming from inside a large asteroid, which is a little surprising. And then all of a sudden the, the shuttle experiences this sh huge shake which was caused yep. by a thermalite explosion. And actually, they, a few more explosions happen. And one of them sort of blows part of an asteroid to pieces. And I, I'm guessing the debris from that asteroid hits the flyer. Is that what causes the yeah, flyer to have, it was, uh, it, lose it was, everything? It was not clear in, at this point in the story whether someone was firing weapons or if these were like... Mm -hmm mines left right. or well, we don't know it, yeah. but they were blowing up the rocks the, the i love the shot in space where the flyer is like trying mm -hmm. to avoid these rocks the the asteroids breaking apart mm -hmm. tuvok yeah. says uh the closest place to make an emergency landing is actually paris says it the closest place is the talaxians asteroid that's nearby that's the conveniently the best right. place to go to go yeah. be safe we're going to go to the talaxian very serendipitous yes yeah very serendipitous robbie did you like that scene of the actual crash landing because i i don't know i mean i to me it looked very much it like was, an anime it looked animated to me it looked animated it didn't look real act, live action it, to me. It, yeah it was it, it there were a few different angles and some angles worked better than others i think okay. the wide angle from the side when the shuttle first hits was yeah. kind of cartoony but then there was another angle where it's coming right at the camera but yeah. it was a nice sequence we don't normally do that and you know what right. we discovered ethan in this podcast we discovered that 
we talked to one of the visual effects artists who was involved in the CGI that was being incorporated. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't used much CGI on our show. So there was a lot of stuff that we just talked about that they wouldn't show because it was too expensive or they oh didn't my... think it was yeah. good enough. And this is the season where they started, they convinced Rick Berman and the producers to try more CGI because it was more affordable. And so this is one of those sequences. This crash right. to me is clearly we're starting to use more cgi we're cutting to multiple angles of this crash they're doing it's things the penultimate that are... show so yeah, yeah. You know, i mean they used it for yeah. those monsters right those the monsters that had the initials for a name or number for a name species 8472 8, yeah. yeah that was all cgi yeah yeah those were all cgi but they yeah. didn't it was very expensive back in the 90s and right. the quality was hit or miss sometimes yeah. Yeah, but this yeah. is the season, and this is a this is a moment I just wanted to point out where wow, I think they were okay, they were yeah. they were going all in on the CGI, and it yeah. was a mixed success. I agree with you, Garrett. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, we jump over to Astrometrics, and Janeway walks in. She asks Seven, "Is there a problem?" Seven says, "We've lost contact with the away team. We can't really scan in there. There's a lot of interference." So Janeway. Janeway needs an, uh, uh, another team to go in there, a rescue team, yeah. basically. So they have to rescue us. Fields. Yeah, to rescue yeah. all of you three. We're now uh, in, uh, yes, this is Dex's house or place, her quarters. This is when you but, wake up. Yeah. When you, when you wake up in mm -hmm. for the first time with an, an other Talaxian, and she's got a medical scanner. I remember she's this. A, yeah. And you wake that. up and she says, stay calm. Don't worry. You're yeah. going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you immediately ask about your friends. And right. that really touched me because, again, everything in this episode to me as I rewatched it was seen through the filter of this was Ethan's last episode with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so all of these moments when you say, where are my friends? Where where are they? Wow. I want to see my friends. You got emotional. Like, oh, it got it hit your heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah. But yeah, we yeah. learned a little bit more. Um, the explosions were not caused by the Talaxians because Neelix wonders, you know, did someone fire at them and was it was it the Talaxians? He's like, no. And uh, they were miners. So we now know miners yeah. are using explosive charges. And this is also the scene that we're introduced to Brax. Brax sort of, um, you know, goes little against boy, his the mother's little, orders. The little yeah. kid. Yeah. Little kid. And, yeah, and he's and like, what, in. seven years old, if I remember correctly. Something seven, like that. Yeah. I would guess seven he's to young. ten. He's yep. definitely yep. young. Yeah. yeah. Brax is scolded by Dexa. Dexa said, look, I told you not to come in here. And he just wants to see the newest Talaxian to this colony, which is Neelix. Right. And um, yeah, so basically this whole conversation is about Neil is convincing Dexa that, look, we're not a threat. We're not here to yeah. sort of ruin your your party. So, right. I have a right. question, Garrett, in this scene. Yeah, I noticed right away Dexa, the Talaxian who becomes your love interest, mm -hmm. had a costume on that mm -hmm. looked a lot like Kess. It was the same colors. It was oh, wow. Material. Oh, I mean, wow. seriously, I wow. thought. It was the same. It had the long sleeve, like the sleeves oh underneath God. the over thing. It was yeah. sort of that, that rust colored. Do that on purpose? Yeah, I, I think, think that, so. Yes. That's a really wow. great, that's a great catch, Robbie. When I made the connection of the same style and color combination as Kess, I was like, wow, these are the things that, that like Bob Blackman and, and Mike Westmore and everybody, they'll put in these connections that we don't even we're not even Sometimes. aware of. 
we're not yeah. even aware of. Nope. It, I thought yeah. it was brilliant. So yeah, um, but so collaborative. Everything was just so collaborative. Mm. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful to hear that. So what were your um, memories of dealing or, or acting with the, the young boy? Well, I remember always with children and animals, um, you have to be good on every take because they're going to take the take that the kid or the dog was good on. Mm. So I, I was aware of that. I really had to, you know, they had to nail it each time. Also, just, you know, part of me observing children acting you know, who, who who they do it, they, they act normally in their life. They, they, they play all the time. Mm -hmm. And here they are now having to play professionally yeah. and, um, <laughs> and watching their choices and stuff. And uh, I remember the kid was, was a nice little kid. I, um, you know, the memory I have most of any child is that little girl, the very first little Wildman. Oh, um, yeah. Before, before Scarlett Palmer's came in before Scarlet. And I remember her real well because of a number of reasons. Um, one being that I tried to improvise in that scene. I don't know if I told you this story. No, no. I was coming to tuck her into bed and she was a young child. I don't, I think she was like. She, she was, was young. She, yeah. Four or five. Oh, maybe. She, she was just really past young. being a toddler. I had a line where I tuck her in and I hold up her teddy yeah. bear, which is called a targ. Targ. And I go, good night, Mr. Targ. And as I said it during the filming, I went, good night, Mr. Targ, sir. And Cosmo goes, uh, there's, there's no sir. And I went, oh, do you want to add a sir? I said, yeah, I think it's cute. Okay, hang on. And they had to call the writer's building. Yeah. And it took like 20 minutes. And I'm in, I don't need an extra 20 minutes of that makeup any day of the week. <laughs> and I, they allowed me to say good night, Mr. Targ, sir. But I never improvised again. And yeah. that was the first, first year. And I, I don't want to wait around for them to go, yeah, he can add a butt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to say one thing, uh, piggyback on what you said, Ethan, about how you worked with kids differently. I saw that in this episode. Did you? I, I did. I saw, you've got a scene later with Brax, where it's just the two of you. What did you see? The authenticity and the presence that you had in a way with kids. You're so good with kids. You're so good because they feed you something. And I didn't know mm -hmm. it's what you're talking about, that kind of the, the way that you work with them but it, it's really good it brings out great stuff in the character but also in your performance that playfulness I, I just did this incredible play reading out in los angeles last week and uh, i hadn't done anything large like that in, in quite a while several years where I, you know i was the lead and i theater wise yeah and um it was a very uh tricky monster of a play with a very, very powerful message, basically Chekhov's message. Uh, an unexamined life is not worth living. It's about a man who's been living a lie his whole life. And at the end of the play, finally accepts the fact that he'd been lying. I realized again, and I always realized this over, I'm not going to talk to the character. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to talk to the actor. So if I have a line, he had a line in this play, you loved me to his wife. And I don't say it to the character she's playing. I'm saying it to the actress. Yeah. And that's, that's what you always have to do. You have to talk to the human being there. And because that's all it's all it is, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and kids make it easier to do that because I don't know what it is about kids that they, they, they respond right away to that. Yeah. You know, and they, and they fall into it. They don't have a lot of protective tricks and mannerisms that they developed as actors over the years, you know, yeah, you you see it in this episode for Thank sure. You, you really Thank do. You. 
Well, this scene ends with Neelix basically Dax Dex uh, uh, puts up a force field and he's trapped yeah. in this room, in this bedroom. Basically, you're jailed. You're in the brig. And that's mm. our act out. So a uh, nice first scene. Oh, we go to the bridge next. Janeway is looking for her team. Ask Harry. No response there. And then Harry says there's a ship approaching. We're being hailed. This man comes up on screen. It looks like some kind of Hulk-type Marvel superhero to me. The makeup I, was like blockhead. These are the yeah. Do you remember those or, or guys? Segmented. Yeah. It wasn't really blocky, like a like a square. It's just a round, it was very interesting. Just a bunch yeah. of lines on there, and yeah, it almost looked like their face was part of a helmet in a way. You know, it yeah. just it didn't seem like it was actually organic tissue. <laughs> it was like, what's right. going on here? Yeah. Yeah, they looked uh, like stone, like they were made of yes, rock or something. Yeah, it's so, yeah. such a cool look. Yeah, yeah it was very cool. Mm -hmm. But basically, Janeway says, our people are, you know, lost on somewhere in, in this uh, asteroid field. We need to look for him. He's like, no way. This is our asteroid field. We've got quotas to make. We were mining this place. You cannot go in there. We'll look yeah. for you. Yeah. And uh, he says, you know, there's mining charges setting off all over the place. It's not safe. We kind of know he doesn't seem like a bad guy, but he's yeah. pretty firm about this. Right. Yeah. I mean, the last line of, of this scene is him saying, look, I can't guarantee your safety if you go in there. So just stay where you're stay where you're at. Stay put. We will contact you when we find your people. So he seems like a good guy. Like he's like, mm -hmm. OK, yeah. we'll help you out. Right. Right. Well, and and yeah. one of my favorite shots in this episode is at the end of this scene where it's mm -hmm. on Janeway in the foreground. She looks back to Harry and Chakotay, Rax focus. Everybody's. You know, you can feel the concern and then back to her face in the foreground. It was a beautiful shot. Well, yeah. well done, LeVar. Nice, nice ending for the scene. Nice. Mm -hmm. We go back to Dex's quarters again. Neelix is there. And this is the scene I was talking about with Brax, the little kid. Okay. Yeah. You're you're just telling him where you're from and, mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, that you're from the, sh the ship you're, you're from is called Voyager. And you're mm -hmm. very proud of it. And it's a nice scene. Right, yeah, right. And, and but you get him to laugh. He's holding like a ship, right? So or something. And and basically you say, "Oh, is that a model ship? What is it called? The two-tailed talchuk or the fur fly?" So you you bring in, you know, Talaxian references and he kind of like he starts laughing. So this is the the point where he starts to ease the bonding up a little bit. Scene. It's a yeah, bonding, bonding scene. scene. Yeah. Definitely. Beautifully played. Mm -hmm. And and then his mom is he hears his mom coming in. He's like, "Uh-oh, I'm going to be in trouble." Neelix is like, "I got gotcha. you. I'll cover yeah. for yeah. you." Don't I'm not going to tell on you. Yeah. Go hide. That's correct. So That's you great. you immediately are are making major brownie points right now with the with the kid at least, for sure. Neelix was a good guy. Yeah. He was, he was a very good guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Dexa comes in with uh, Rob LaBelle. Yeah, hey, good old Rob, Rob, Rob LaBelle. And he's got the hair down his neck. It's, right. uh, I love it. And uh, Oxalon basically says, we've determined that, you know, none of these people are hostile. So uh, they were treated for their injuries. They're back on the shuttle yep. and uh, you're free to go. Yeah. And Neelix is definitely flirty in this scene. You can mm. tell there's some chemistry because he says, well, uh, you know, before now that everything's cleared up, maybe we could just talk. And then you look from Oxalon over to Dexa and you say, you know, get to know each other a little. <laughs> Very flirty, Ethan. Very. Okay. I did not read it as that, but okay. But you, you saw a little flirtation, a little hints of flirtation. I saw flirtation yeah. for but, sure. But Neelix does say, okay, we can have this chat, but can my friends come too? And Oxalon's like, mm -mm, no, we, we don't trust outsiders like that. So. Uh, yeah. Again, another reference to your friends, and maybe that pulled on Robbie's heartstrings again, possibly. Right, it right. did, it did. But it okay. also points out how 
Talaxians are, are very, very sensitive because of their past. They don't yes. like anybody. Oh, yeah. Yes. Know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big part and of this I, episode. This is a, a refugee yeah. colony, really. They're they're on the yeah. run trying to rebuild. They were the people like me who were on Rhinax, I guess it was. The Metreon Cascade uh, was... Uh, uh, when Jatrell did that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a walk and talk through these these caves and tunnels. Lots of Talaxian extras. Do you remember, Ethan, all those Talaxian extras and the makeup? Do you remember the process of seeing all these other Talaxians getting made up or any of that? No, they did it in a separate trailer. Uh, So I didn't see them being made up. But the first time I saw them was when they arrived on the set. And uh, it was kind of mind blowing, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. I've been the only one except for fair trade. Yeah, that I could remember. And now you got 50 of them running around. And, and now there's, there's 50 of them. And, and of course, if you look at the makeup, it's not as fine as mine. Yeah. You know, right. It's it's uh, they had to skip corners and stuff like that. But I, you couldn't tell from. I'll, I'll be honest, yeah. uh, Ethan, I think I saw one scene where someone crossed camera very quickly, but they only had the hair. It seemed like they only had the Talaxian hair and a little bit of, like a little bit, well, they had a little little smudge on their face. Yeah, exactly. They just painted up the face and didn't put on a prosthetic. And he crossed the scene, he crossed camera, and I go, that guy doesn't even have, oh my God. So, Oh my God. I wouldn't be (laughs) surprised because it's it's very time consuming and expensive to put all that stuff on. Exactly. It costs a lot of money. For sure. I mean, can, did they possibly cast 50 heads? I don't know if they went, they wouldn't have done that. There's no they way. They probably used old heads yes. that we had, yes. and glued them on, and then just patched them up. And yeah, yeah. that's why they called Rob LaBelle back all the time because they had his mold and they were like, Where oh, you his, I didn't his mold think again. of that. Yeah, that's, that's it. Of course, that makes sense. They that's save totally money big time. Yeah. You're walking through these caves, you see a lot of technology, and you ask where to come from. And they said, Well, we had these ships. We dismantled some of our ships, five of disassembled the them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, five of the six. So there's only one ship left. Right. They've used all right. those components to build these, you know, pods for quarters and right. and uh, right. energy yeah. systems, sure, geothermal sure. energy that they use, providing oxygen and water for them. So they're all set up. Yeah, you go deeper in the cave. You you talk about how how Rack seems to be a great kid and ask about his father. And uh, you learn that his father's dead. It's a sad moment. This is a moment I wish had been played in close-ups. It's kind of played a little in a wide shot and it blows by quick. Like you learn that he's dead. You Mm -hmm. say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And she says, no, it's okay. You didn't Mm -hmm. mean to. And uh, I don't know. There's some moments in this episode. Maybe maybe because I wanted to live in that emotion in a close-up. And there, I know there's tons of emotion in this episode. Right. There's some moments I felt were lost. This was one that I feel right. like you could have connected over the death of her, her right. husband yeah. and your yeah. empathy a little more. Yeah. yeah. I would never be aware of that as an actor. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, we, we need no. a close That would never get yeah. into my mind. And that shouldn't even be your job, though. That's not your job, you know, to do that. Hey, can I just rewind a little bit to the scene when he's in the back where he's in bed? What was that thing? Oh, they I forgot stuck about on the band-aid. Head? Was that a she band-aid? Puts, it looks like a kid's band-aid. She, like you've a, got a little when a she first wakes circle. you up. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, don't worry. You, you got a little injury on your head, but it's not a big deal. She's Did healing. Did they put a band-aid on me? Yeah, yeah, it's like a round, like you circular. buy from, like you know, CVS pharmacy or something. Jeez. A box of band aids. 
But it almost well, looked like it had little kid care characters on it. Like it was like yes, a lighter colored like <laughs> child's Band-Aid. I'm like, what is Well, that? they wouldn't have the kind of medical equipment that we had. No. So they would no. have to rely probably on things like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you had a Band-Aid for a while, but then the Band-Aid comes off, thank God, because it looked goofy to me on your head. It was a little weird. Um, so after the walk <laughs> and talk, after you find out that uh, that she is now a widow... Now you finally make it to the Delta Flyer. And interestingly enough, uh, Dexa doesn't say a word in here because no. she doesn't trust, she does not trust right. the human or the Vulcan that are already in the shuttle making reparations right. there. So there's a little bit of chatter between Neelix and Paris and Tuvok says a couple things and she just leaves. She's gone. Right. She yeah. Right. And then Paris asks, you know, how did it go? And this is, a, this is the scene where I literally started tearing up. Because Paris says, how did it go? And you played this beautifully. The disappointment with, you say, I guess my expectations were a little little high about meeting all these Talaxians. And Tuvok even says, well, I regret that you didn't have a more fulfilling experience. And he was very sincere. For Tuvok <laughs> to say that, yeah, it felt like Paris and Tuvok and Neelix were all playing a sense of disappointment and sadness mm -hmm. that was also about Ethan Phillips last episode. Like well, I, I felt yeah, that yeah. very that, strongly. That actually came through as well in the, I felt yeah, that yeah. through the whole, through the whole show. But um, sure. I think yeah. in, in the moments when I was acting with you guys, I, I think it was just an awareness constantly through that, yeah. you know, I, th so. I saw it as I watched it. I, at least I interpreted that it, Robbie, I remember being aware of that through the whole filming of that episode. That like every time, this is the last time I'm going to be in the Delta Flyer set. This is the last time I'm going to be in mm -hmm. this cave set. This is, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I felt yeah. it very much. And yeah. I felt and it from was all 22 the, episodes yeah. a year for seven years. I mean, it was a huge bulk of your life. Was Can I ask you, Ethan, how did they tell you? Do you remember how they told you that this was going to be your last episode? Ken Biller came down to my trailer to tell me. I was more relieved to find out that I had a scene in the in the final episode with Seven on the phone. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. So there yes, you go. That's what Robbie. Garrett said before we started. Mm. He said, "I think Neelix is in the finale." And I, I said, am. I am. Oh, okay. I came in one day and I had a phone conversation or whatever okay. kind of thing we had with uh, with Seven. Yeah. So uh, I was really, really to find that I would be in the final episode. So Ken Biller came to your trailer to tell you that that this would be your last big story, but you'd have a scene in the finale. I remember you're the one that told me. I remember you coming up before we had gotten the scripts or anything. And you said, hey, really? I just, you know, I had talked to, yeah, the, the writers, Ken came down. I didn't remember all the detail, but I, right. I distinctly remember when you told me and I was like, what? How can you be yeah. leaving? Like, mm. I was blown away that you were not going to be in every episode with us all the way to the end. So. Right, right. But in reality, guys, after this, there's one more and then the season finale. So there really wasn't, it wasn't like Ethan left wasn't like the much, first right. episode of, of the oh, season. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. It wasn't much left. You just, you just got some time off yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much before your last right. scene in the final episode. Yeah, yeah. We're in the flyer. Uh, there's this nice uh, emotional kind of moment of disappointment from Neelix that mm -hmm. he didn't really bond with these Talaxians. Right, right. It yeah. wasn't what he expected. And then there's a, an alert that internal sensors are working because we get the power turned back on in the shuttle. Neelix and Tuvok go to the back and Neelix, I love, they come through the door in the dark backside of the shuttle and Neelix is scanning. And then Neelix 
points his finger like to Tuvok. You you tap Tuvok on the shoulder and you yeah. go like this, like pointing where it's yeah. coming from. Yeah. It was it was so great. The two of you like you know shoulder to shoulder with you scanning and and wow. pointing towards the closet. And then as he heads to the closet, you flicked on a light switch or something. No, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Neelix. It was Tuvok. So Tuvok turns on his Sims beacon and he just brings it like right over. I don't know why he's, oh no, he had it because he was working. So yeah. So he brings it over and shines it right on the kid. And then the lights come on in the hole. So they discover him in the dark. Tuvok discovers them, but then the lights come on. And I was like, why didn't they just turn the lights on in the beginning? (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) It's like if but, there's a light switch, just hit the light switch before you right. go in the dark room. Like, okay, I know. And then that's anyway. what you found funny. But what I found funny was, if you remember, Robbie, in Friendship 1, where was the alien hiding that knocked me out cold? In the, in the exact same place, exact same place that Brax is hiding. So that we got to put the, a lock on that closet door. Or anytime we have intruder alert, like we did in this scene, uh, someone should say they're hiding in, in, in the, in the, in the, the back of the closet. It's always but the back Brax, of the closet. Brax got on the Delta Flyer. Yes, it yeah, was Brax. that was yeah, yeah, he was Brax, there. The little mm-hmm. boy, he's there. Yep, he was the one I bonded with the most of all of them. Yeah, initially. Yeah, you, know? you really bonded, and he's afraid he's going to get in trouble. And yeah. uh, again, Neelix says, because uh, Brax says, "You won't tell her I was here, will you?" And Neelix says, "Here? I have no idea what you're talking about." So, <laughs> yeah, so he's he's covering for the kid over and over again here, right? It's over wonderful. and over. So we're back into the kind of the caves of the asteroid and. There's a conversation between Oxalon and Nakona, and Oxalon just says, "Like, look, that's just not enough time for us to to dismantle all of our equipment." And now we find out that Nakona wants all the Talaxians to leave, to vacate this asteroid. Yeah. And yeah. the issue is, they've already taken apart five of their six ships. They don't even have; they have one ship left. That's enough to take the people, but not the equipment. So there's there's some major issues here. And Dexa steps up. Dexa stands up and says, look, you can't take us, you can't make us move. This is our home. This is, this is, and then that's when Dexa kind of gets manhandled by, uh, Oh, she, guess, that's Nikona's right. She gets crony. manhandled yeah. and Neelix is coming Neelix in just at that moment in. with Brax mm-hmm. and Brax says, you know, leave her alone yeah. and throws a he rock throws a rock at Nikona. Yeah. And right. Nikona. Right. And then they, Nakona's pissed off and he says, get that, get me that boy. Yeah. And Neelix steps in front. Neelix says, right. do not touch him. Yeah. And then they start to get into a little shoving match. Well, and yeah. Neelix, he does the classic Kirk double fisted <laughs> boom on the neck. Oh. It was, do you remember that? You were a hero. Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay. Let me paint the picture to you. So as you say, you're not going to touch this kid. Nakona sends his henchman over. He's like, why? You going to do something about it? I mean, whatever his line was, was this, yeah, yeah. this classic bully line. And right. he shoves you to the side, okay? You fall down. As he starts going towards Brax, you then run and tackle him, okay? And all mm. I could think about was our conversations about how much you love football when you were younger. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, here, here's here's Ethan doing all his football moves right here. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's offensive line right now. You tackle him. You oh actually my. end up you you knock him to the side. You grab his weapon off of him and you aim it at the boss man, Nakona, who's about to draw on you. So you are an absolute hero in this scene. You're save you the are, kid. You yes. knock the guy, the aliens around like they're nothing. I mean, you you were the man. You, really you were, were the man, but yeah. I think it all comes down to the Kirk. 
Oh yes, and the double. Fisted. Excuse me. Yes, sorry, sorry. So yes, after the tackle, fist. then you double fist him with the yes. like that. Mm. And I'm sure <laughs> this was a Dennis was Matt Lone special. I'm sure Dennis that told was you the move. Ethan, oh yeah, I'm gonna have you double fist him just like Kirk does, and you did it. Yep. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was very heroic. Wow, it was. I I, I have to say, I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> you should yeah. be. <laughs> And you basically, because of this, they agree to give them three more days. It's what yeah. they were asking. So okay. you you yeah. got them to to give in, and they're going to give them three days because they didn't have enough time to get out like right now. And right? and they want so, why do they want them gone so they can mine the asteroid that well, asteroid? Yeah, yeah, because they said the minerals they're searching for in this entire asteroid field, thirty percent of that mineral is located in the asteroid that the Talaxians yeah. are living in. So one third of what they need right, for their right. quota is sitting in that asteroid. Yeah, so That's they got to get out of there. Yeah. Okay. The conversation goes to about fighting back. And Oxalon's like, yes. fighting has never done anything. It just causes more trouble. And then Neelix agrees with that. So then Dexa says, well, then how are we going to, you know, what are we going to do about this? And Neelix says, mm -hmm. um, I can talk to my captain. Maybe she can negotiate with the miners. And then she, then Neelix says, yeah, you, you should come to Voyager. You should talk to her yourself. And Brax quickly jumps you know, into the conversation. I want to go too. And Dexa tries to shush him up. But Neelix says, no, you both should come. I have seen, I've seen your home already. Time to mm -hmm. see mine. So I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Good scene though. Yeah. Great scene. Yeah. We go to space. I just made a note. These space shots keep getting better and cooler. Like well, I, I'm, with the asteroids in the background, it yes. looked amazing. It, it looked, looked amazing, amazing seeing Voyager. It, it, yeah. So you mean as it progressed through seven seasons? The yeah. Space shots got yeah better in the er, in the early seasons, they just used the same seven model shots. You oh, know? right. Either they either it flew this way or it flew that way. Right. But now they're using CGI and adding right. these layers, yeah. and it's yeah. just Beautiful. we Beautiful. finally are looking really cinematic in a way mm -hmm. that, that our opening credits look very cinematic. So we're on the bridge right now and Neelix is bringing in both Dexa and Brax to introduce them to the characters on the bridge. So uh, Chakotay's there, Neelix turns to Harry and says, and this is Ensign Kim. And all I could hear was you saying, and this is Any Kimmy. And then, uh, <laughs> which is Ethan's nickname for me. Any Kimmy. Yeah. yeah. I call him uh, Any Kimmy. He call Any me Kim Neely. Neely. Uh, so then Brax asks, what's that? And Neely says, well, that's the engineering station. There's tactical. Uh, oh, and this is the captain's chair. And then that's when Brax says to you, which station is yours? And then Neelix does a little bit There's of a backtrack. Yeah. Sort of awkward moment. Awkward moment. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, well, I uh, actually, I don't have a specific, I'm more of a, and while Neelix is floundering, it cuts to Kim and Chakotay standing off to the side and Kim knows what's going on. So he's like, let's go. So Kim walks over and says, Neelix does too many things to have just one station. He's our ambassador, morale officer. Chakotay jumps in, trade negotiator. Without a doubt, he's the most versatile member of our crew. And then oh it cuts God. back on Neelix's face, very appreciative of both. Chipotle I again, and then, I and then I started getting tearing up at that point too. I was like, "Oh, that's so beautiful!" This is getting that's what me. I'm saying. I oh. felt like what you were playing was this is Ethan Phillips' last episode, and he yeah. has done so much yeah. in our cast. Yeah. He's not just been Neelix; he's yeah. been right. all these other things in our lives. Yeah, he means right. more to us than yeah just a simple title right and that's like that's the moments that were so authentic 
right. that were so much richer than just the words we were saying. The underlying layers of we all knew that this was our send yeah. off to you in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we all added a little extra zhuzh into our performances yes. and just of our general feeling towards you as right. our friend. Right. Yeah. Holy jeez. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's yeah, was, so nice. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was, it was really a beautiful good. moment. Yeah. So now we're in Astrometrics and Neelix is there. He's got Dexter and Brax there. And we've got this uh, amazing um, uh, image on screen. And it is basically of Talix, their home planet. And, you know, the question was, wow, your sensors reached that far away. And no, no, this is from our database. But still, it's a beautiful image of the Talaxian home world. And this is the bonding scene a little bit between Neelix and Dexa. Yes. They further bond because Neelix starts talking about the Godo mountain range. Dexa says, oh, the Oxiana Lakes. That's one of my favorite they're places. Just have, they're reminiscing yeah. over reminiscing the beauty about of their, their home, their home the planet. The bonds really? bonding over this home this planet. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It's really This weird. is amazing. Yeah. I, I forgot that. Yeah. Little Brax says, well, why don't we just go back to Talax? We could live there. And Dexa says, well, it's still controlled by the Hakonians. They don't treat Talaxians well. That's why we left. Then Brax says, maybe Neelix could go with us and we could fight them. We could take the planet back. And Neelix He says, really believes in you. Yeah, he does, he man. Really believe. <laughs> well, you Rax fought off thinks... that. You fought off that miner. So he thinks yes. all right. He thinks the world will be this is already. Great. Yeah. So good. So good. Oh, this is terrific. It's yeah. better than watching it. Yeah. <laughs> We're giving you the play-by-play. -play. Uh, but Neelix yeah. says, well, if tomorrow's negotiations go well, you won't have to go anywhere. You can stay in your home in the asteroid that you've already built. We jump over to uh, the corridor. corridor. There is yeah. a bit of a walk and talk with Neelix, and he's got Dexa and Brax with him. And he's saying, next stop, engineering. So he's about to show him engineering. Brax is excited, the warp core. But this is when Naomi sort of shows up. She pops in Another around Another kid. Yeah. yeah. This is Scarlet. Yeah. Scarlet. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's when uh, Neelix says, oh, my gosh, Naomi, I forgot about our Caddiscot game. Naomi's like, no, that's that's all right. I just want to meet your friends. Neelix introduces uh, Dexa and Brax to his goddaughter, Naomi. And Naomi basically says, hey, um, I'm going to go off to this hollow program that Lieutenant Paris has just, you know, designed. It's called the Ninth Invaders from the Ninth Dimension. And uh, Neelix says, oh, that sounds scary. And Naomi is like, yeah, it's very. Uh, but she convinces Brax that he should come to the holodeck with him. And mom says it's OK. And they take off. Dexa says, you're lucky to have found these people. They obviously think a great deal of you. And Neelix says, says that to me. Uh, Dexa, Dexa says that because she notices, you know, how, uh, you know, how... the kid, the kid thinks Neelix is awesome. The, you but, know, and, on the bridge, and, Harry right. and Jacote, yeah. everybody's bragging about Neelix to, to Dexa and, and Brax. Do you remember seeing Ethan Scarlet grow up? Because in this episode for me, I was like, wow, she grew up on our show because she was on you know, four seasons, five seasons of our yeah. show, maybe. I, yeah. I don't rec recall that, but um, you know how you don't recall people growing up when you're living with them, you know? That's correct, because yeah. you don't see the change. I don't see the change, yeah. but I do remember seeing her in Las Vegas many years after that. Yes, that one time. she was a young woman. Yeah, she was a lady. Then. And I was like, oh, yeah. I can't believe you're the you're, you're the little girl who played <laughs> my, my friend, you know? Yeah, my goddaughter, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh I feel God. like when we brought her on, she was six or seven years old, right? Something like that. Yeah. And when she left the show, she was ten or twelve. You know, whatever the sure. she was maybe seven or eight, eight to twelve, seven to well, eleven, I, whatever the number is. Yeah. It's a it's a time where you go from a little kid to a tween, and that I and I noticed it, it. 
with Missy Gold yeah. on Benson. Because when I started Benson, yeah. Missy was nine or ten. And when I ended, she was a young teenager. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember, I remember, my goodness, we've been at this a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt it was Scarlet in this ep- in this episode for sure. So now we're in Dex's quarters, I think, because we've given them no. some quarters. Yeah, it's right? like guest it's, is we've given them some guest yeah, quarters. Guest it's quarters. dark. It's very romantic. Yeah. Neil pours a uh, drink. For Dexa and himself. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why not? But this is where we learn about what happened to her husband. So we find out that they had occupied a certain planet, and the people that were already there said, Oh, you newcomers need to live here. And it's a very tiny, tiny space and not enough, not enough land to farm, at least to feed all the Talaxians. And, and at this mm-hmm. point, I guess there's five or 600 of them, right? So mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not enough space. So Dex's husband decides to kind of go against regulations and he starts farming outside of the zone that they were allocated. And that's when a security detail came to question him and a scuffle happened. And that's when he died. He, he died and, yeah. and I got to say right now, all of the choices made by the actress that played Dexa, I, I really liked her choices because... I think a lot of actors, when they say like, you know, he was killed, because um, here's the line. She goes, a security, a security patrol confronted him. He told them he had to provide for his family, that he wasn't afraid of them. There was a fight. He was killed. I think a lot of actors will take a pregnant pause in that end part where they'll be like, there was a fight. He was killed. Like there's, they, they try right, to milk right. it for too much. Right, and right. she just, man, the way right. she... Oh my very God, authentic. Very, very authentic, very matter of fact. She was sort of like, she goes like, she wasn't afraid of him. There was a fight. He was killed. And it was just quick. And it just the way yeah. all her choices, I thought, I, wow. I wow. you know, they were good. I thumbs up everything on, on her. So yeah, yeah she like, was yeah. great. You guys were both great. A really sweet scene. And mm-hmm. you can see, you know, she's very grateful. She says, even if it doesn't, this all doesn't work. Thank you for trying. It and looks like really... they're about to kiss in this at the end of this scene, right? It, they, it like does. Neelix comes in a little bit. She comes in a little bit. And then Neelix backs off. He's like, I, I should get a good night's sleep if I'm going to be at my best at negotiations tomorrow. So for me, as an audience member, I was like, kiss her. Oh, okay, that's fine. But that's a nice tease because you can see where it's going now. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We're jumping into the briefing room. And mm-hmm. now here's the meeting. And we've got Nakona there. Janeway's there. Neelix is there. And, you know... The conversation sort of talks about Neelix suggests, look, would you would you be open to some type of compensation if they can't mine that asteroid to get to that 30 percent of those minerals? And um, and he's like, well, what, what kind of compensation? He's like, well, they have a lot of um, geothermal energy that they're producing from that asteroid. They could possibly share it with you to help power your ships. Nakona's like, no, this energy, uh, it's not compatible with our technology. And Janeway says, look, we can help you make modifications. Uh, And Nakona's like, no, we have quotas to meet. We don't have time for that. And so Janeway basically says, "Um, (laughs) Commander, uh, Mr. Nakona, the future of more than 500 people here is at stake. It's not like there's two settlers on this asteroid. This is a whole colony of of Talaxians. There's no resolution here. We cut out of this scene to the mess hall. There's a game of uh, Catascot going on between mm-hmm. Naomi and Brax. Naomi and are there. Brax. Yeah, De- Dex is watching. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say, by the way, do they make Catascot games that we can buy on eBay or something? I want to get a Catascot game because Neelix has talked about Catascot and and you, Naomi for years now, seasons you know, on this show. Yeah, we know what somebody it looks had like. to have made one. We know what the Catascot game looks like, but I don't even think we even know the real rules to it. Like we could, I we could make know. it up and then 
and then you know I was made up by the show, stuff. right? Yeah. yeah, but they you know they made up a name the and then the props guys made up a prop. Oh, they did, yeah. I don't know yeah. what the rules are, but somebody has I, I'm sure there's a fan that has figured out how oh, Catascot is play played. It. Yeah. I want to, what I'm saying is I want to learn Catascot. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a nice a nice gesture. I don't think you have to learn it, though, Robbie. I think you'd find that it's a little too complicated. Too hard for me, you yeah. think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think at your yeah. age, you might want to stick more to checkers, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah Tom yeah. Paris, you're just too lowbrow. I don't know if yeah. you get some, that. Some, you know? Yeah, some, for you... Checkers is great for you. Right. For what you need, it would be perfect. <laughs> for what I need. Yeah. yeah. For what I need, Checkers is just plenty. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to seven years of Robbie McNeil and Ethan Phillips <laughs> chatting at each other. Yeah. Right here. We, yeah. It's just, this is the perfect well, example. Um, all you need is a game of Checkers. That's right. all you need. For you, okay. you'll be set. <laughs> but the point of this scene is that Dexa says, I knew it wouldn't work, talking about the negotiations. Yeah. Neelix says, well, we did get a small concession. They've extended the deadline. You'll have enough time to dismantle your equipment. And Dexa's pretty much crestfallen. She goes, oh, well, thanks. But uh, there's just too much to even take with us. Uh, so Neelix says, well, Captain Janeway has agreed to ferry all of you and your supplies to the nearest M-class planet. And that's when Dexa, again, still very crestfallen, turns to Brax and says, let's go. We're going home. Brax is not happy. Why? Dexa yeah. says, we have to pack. Come on. And Brax turns to Neelix and says, you said you were going to help us. And then they leave. And so Ugh. this sort of leaves it, you know, it's it's hanging there and, mm -hmm. and not sitting There's well with Neelix that they're going to They all to leave. Move. Neelix is in the middle of the mess hall. And mm. I have to comment on the way this was shot. Okay. So we're in some great close-ups, really emotional moments here. Yeah. And then as they leave, there's this kind of bumpy pullback off of Neelix's reaction, just watching them go. And the shot pulls back and it's a little bumpy. They must have been zooming huh. out as they dollied back. Okay. And I wish they had stayed close on Neelix. In fact, I wish they had pushed in on Neelix. on Neelix. Felt, Don't pull off of him. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. pulling back and pulling back. I was like, yeah. why yeah. are we pulling back? Yeah. It's losing the emotional like weight yeah. of this moment. Yeah. So I that was a moment I wish huh. photographically had been approached differently. I think for I think for Lavar, he wanted to set thematically, thematically, he wanted to stay the same. There's a lot of dip movement in a lot of his his shots here. And he kept thinking, okay, mm -hmm. I gotta keep it moving. And he wasn't thinking that, hey, settling mm -hmm. in and tighter, tighter on Neelix would have been even more effective. Yeah. Good, oh, good, uh, yeah. good catch. Good catch. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we go to the Astrometrics lab next. Um, we're in Astrometrics with Neelix and Tuvok are in there. And Neelix says uh, he's detected five warp-capable species within two light years of the planet that they're taking the Talaxians to. So they could be vulnerable to attack. More right? If you take the yeah. Talaxians to this M-class planet, there's five other people around there that might come in and take them out. Right. So right. Neelix right. is worried. Yeah. And uh, this scene is basically where... Tuvok, for the first time in our series, kind of goes, well, I have an idea, hypothetically. So he's literally, Tuvok is planting the seed. Well, hypothetically, they need a leader. And hypothetically, they could defend themselves if they had a leader. And he's like leading Neelix, like he's bolstering Neelix to become the hero. Because Tuvok's right. saying, look, you know, 
I can't do this right. because of the prime directive. We right. can't do this. We can't get involved. Right. But you're not technically in Starfleet. You could get involved. Right. And I just so, love how Neelix jumps on that. Hypothetically, if they wanted to defend the asteroid, how would they do it? Tuvok says, well, hypothetically, to begin with, they would have to establish some kind of perimeter. You mean shields? Yes. The miners are monitoring the asteroids. So if they detected Talaxians erecting a shield, they would attempt to stop them. And it's again, it's it's all this like hypothetically you should right. do this. So Tuvok is giving you advice to giving go against you a plan the prime to directive build, to defend to the build asteroid, a shield, a shield around this asteroid around the asteroid. Yeah, he's to telling save. you what to do, but wow. you've got to do it. He can't do it. Yeah, holy moly, it's great. Yeah, but. But Neelix is very doubtful of himself, right? So Neelix says, I couldn't lead those people, Mr. Tuvok. I'm not a fighter. I'm just a cook who sometimes imagines himself to be a diplomat. So very self-deprecating uh, comment Yeah, well, I'm, ca I'm catching the vibe from uh, Dexa there, who's crestfallen. And I'm, exactly. So you're, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm, you're yes, believing it. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. throwing out exactly that same sort of, you know, depression. Kindness sort of, leads yes. to kindness. Mm -hmm. Negativity leads to negativity. Right. But then mm -hmm. Tuvok, Tuvok, uh, Tim Russ, of course, being so close to you as well at the time. And he says, uh, on the contrary, Mr. Neelix, you are much more than that. You are perhaps the most resourceful individual I have ever known. And then you say, I always thought you just tolerated me. Tuvok's like, you do have some annoying habits. However, during your time on Voyager, you've developed many valuable skills, skills that would serve you well if you ever decided to assume a leadership role. Neelix is like, you really think so? Let me be clear. I'm not urging you to do anything. I'm simply telling you that I believe that you are more than capable. So an another scene where Neelix oh, is just like no. on the platform. He's the best. It's like, it's a good scene. Great scene. Great yeah. scene. We cut into the corridor. Neelix is heading to do, to begin maybe, we think. what The defense uh, of the asteroid. The right? defense of the asteroid. And Janeway catches up to him. And now Janeway is chasing Neelix down the hall. Yeah, I've never seen Neelix, who always plays. He's got a crush on Janeway. Yes, and he's and now Neelix Janeway's chasing. Janeway. chasing. Yeah, Janeway's chasing yeah. Neelix down. Yep, and I yeah, love Janeway's how she goes chasing him down. She goes, "You wouldn't be planning anything foolish, would you?" So she's already, you know, she's kind of like she she's thinking something's going about to happen because Neelix yeah. is, is walking with. I mean, there's a lot of intent in your walk down this corridor. Your yeah, hero he's going march. to see. Yeah. He's going to talk to his friends, and <laughs> they stop and they do talk. And uh, Neelix says, "I know there's prime directive issues for you guys to help, but I'm not par officially part of this crew. I can do something." And then uh, Janeway says, "Well, you're as much a part of this crew as anyone else." And right. Neelix says, "Are you ordering me not to go?" And she says, "That depends on what you." you're going to do oh, and he says yeah. well that's up to the talaxians and she Boom, wishes you a safe oh. journey yeah so yes. she, knows, she knows what's going to happen she knows. everybody is encouraging not just for you to take risks or whatever but they're encouraging neelix to believe in himself yeah right. that he can rise to this occasion right mm -hmm. everybody is chakotay and and harry on the bridge yep um, Tuvok in the astrometrics, Janeway, mm -hmm. Janeway in, the in the corridor. Everybody, yeah, it just everyone's... yeah, everybody's encouraging him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was just a junk dealer, you know. Although I mean, he, he was the guy who hid out when they attacked his planet. That's right. You know, that's right. Um, he's not. He's he's not the bravest guy in the world. No, but we're beginning to see that he's changing. Yes, and uh, stepping up to the plate. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's great. And I think it even began earlier than this because, you know, that episode where Neelix and Tuvok, uh, where Neelix 
That's remember Rise. That, 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 yes, Rise. That was exactly. called Rise. There was an That's incredible scene in that between me and Tuvok where I yeah. call him out. Yeah. And uh, and tell him, you know, he, he's got to cut this horse shit and treat me more like an equal and everything. That's right. And I, I I don't know if they were referencing that or that impacted their thought. Uh, I think that was the beginning I think they were. of them going like, wow, he could command. He could do something yeah. big. So, yeah, right. for sure. We go back down to the asteroid. We're in a public area, the big open area. Yeah. Which was probably around our cave set. Mm-hmm. Right. And Neelix is up addressing a crowd. And I just want to say, I... the way that you're up a couple steps higher and they're down low... It looked like the Wizard of Oz and the Munchkins to me. You looked really tall, and all these Talaxians looked like yeah. like Munchkins and the Wizard of Oz down gathered wow. around looking at you. But it was a great shot. I, oh my god, it was great. It's it's a powerful scene because you basically you, pitch, you give them the yeah you you pitch you, the, you pitch this idea. defense shield. We could do this. We could build this defense shield. Dexa jumps on. Well, yeah, maybe you're right. We, we could reroute power. Uh, from the core and Mm -hmm. so you know you're starting to spitball ideas with the crowd you end up saying you know uh isn't this place worth defending and you've got you've rallied the crowd here to defend this asteroid so now we're in a staging area getting ready for the mission and neelix is like wait for my calm call as soon as the last emitter is in place start routing power to the grid dex is like understood and then neelix says you're scared aren't you dex says you and neelix says terrified <laughs> next dex is like be careful so again it's still you're still they're really you know, bonding you're bonding she, this is where she touches him i don't know if you noticed but when she says be careful she sort yeah. of grabbed his grabs arm his arm grabs yeah. your arm mm-hmm. and holds on to it and he says i will and then oxalon calls says we're ready mm-hmm. and neelix turns back i'll see you soon he starts to leave he's Starting to leave, but then she, she pulls, pulls him back in. you back and kisses you here. So you guys have Finally, to kiss. Yeah. there's a kiss before you're going into battle. Do you remember kissing with Talaxian makeup on? Do you remember it? Do you remember no. the kiss? I don't. <laughs> no. I don't. That's okay. I remember kissing Kess. Uh, with the Talaxian makeup. With the Talaxian makeup. But but was it awkward? Did you have to think about like, oh, my ridges, my... my well, you do have to be that? careful because... It's the reason I could never speak on the phone when I was doing this show because it was oh, stuck yeah. to the phone. And I could never sleep because it would crush the wig and all that stuff. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe put a little powder on it or something. Uh, so it didn't to keep it rub because off the two the two makeups could easily stick. Okay. So, so now I, that yeah. now that you've said that, Robbie, that now makes sense of why I was on the phone in, in Ethan's trailer. Because he can't Put the phone up to his ear. I forgot about yeah. that. And that's his number oh, one yeah. rule. He can never do that because it's going to mess up the makeup. So I was that's actually funny. talking on the phone for him. That's why. I couldn't even read because of the contact lenses. But your teeth, though, I mean, you could still speak. I, mean, yeah, I could speak with the teeth, yeah. It was no problem, right? That no. didn't ever encumber But to this you. day, to this day, when yeah. I'm working yeah, and they go, action, I go, uh, oh, I don't need my teeth. You search oh, for the teeth wow. to this day. Every scene I do since since 2001, every show I've ever been in. <laughs> you, you're, on a, you're on Avenue 5 doing this, and then the director's like, uh, Ethan, what, what is this? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Thank you, you know, it became so ingrained. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> I love that story, though. Yeah. Thank you. Now we go into our action sequence. Neelix's ship is flying. I love that his ship is back out in space, by the way. That we've been carrying Neelix's ship from the I pilot. Know. I remember In that. our cargo bay. You know what's crazy? Since we haven't seen the ship, 
I always thought your ship was more vertical in orientation, but it is a horizontal in, yeah. in terms we of the, didn't see the way it in the pilot. It. You don't see it in we, the pilot? No, we did. Well, I think we did. I, yeah. I thought yeah. it looked different because we haven't seen it for oh. so long. But what I love about your ship, right. though, and also the other Talaxian vessel, is that your afterburners or your it, it's this light blue, it's this baby blue, like UCLA blue color. So I'm like, yes. So I was very, very happy to see that. Yeah. Um, small, oh, small cool. detail. Yeah. yeah. Neelix is flying, the uh, Oxalon's flying in the Oxalon, in Oxalon ship, the other mm. Talaxian ship. They're dropping these emitters around the asteroid to create this net that will cover the thing, the whole thing in a shield that will protect them. So mm -hmm. we see out in space, Neelix says two more to go and we're done. So they, they've already been dropping these, these emitters around the asteroid. Um, Oxlon says we're moving in position for the next one. And uh, suddenly the minor ship shows up and they're on an intercept course. So we see Neelix doing some evasive maneuvers out in space. It was very, very good flying, by the way. Thank you for coming from you. Yes, the piloting is, uh, I mean, you know, for what you need, it's perfect, well, that I, ship and, yeah. and your skills. It's yeah. for what you need. For what I needed, it was, yeah. God, it was perfect. <laughs> the minor ship is coming in uh, on an intercept course. So Neelix decides to go help them. He says, I'll deal with them. Yeah. Just focus on your job. And Neelix says to himself, all right, Mr. Vulcan, let's see if you're right about me. I love that. Yeah. that I see he's, that. Mm -hmm. He says that, yeah. Wow. To himself, yeah. We go inside the control center. There's an explosion because these miners are, you don't have the 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 force field up yet to protect this place. So they're able to drop just some, dropping a some bunch bombs. Of, yeah. And they right. try to yeah. drop one, a charge onto Neelix's ship, but that explodes right before it hits your ship because i think you were trying to just kind of catch it with your shield so it wouldn't hit the planet but it explodes before it even gets close to your ship and you hear janeway say delta flyer to neelix are you all right so she's the one that <laughs> shot it down and neelix says fine captain but you shouldn't be here and and then i love it how janeway says we're just helping a friend in distress even though uh neelix says you're violating the prime directive she goes nope mm -hmm. we're just helping a friend in distress which was a nice little line so we have a little assistance from janeway wow. yeah and then that's uh when the that's shield... when the shield yeah they finally have all the emitters in place right. yep. and it goes they bring... so we're protected now they're all protected yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the rest of the charges fall harmlessly on the shield grid and explode. So nothing on the uh, mm -hmm. on the asteroid. So you did the job, my friend. You did it. Yeah, yeah. Dexter says you did you did it off camera, and Neelix says we did it. So there's again a little bonding with Dexa, more bonding mm -hmm. here. So we've got a captain's log where we learn that the miners have given up all their attempts right. to penetrate the shields. They've given up. Talaxians are safe, and Voyager's getting ready to head home. Right. Um, but she she says we're going to give Mr. Neelix some time to say goodbye to his new friends, and we go to Dex's quarters, and Oxalon's there. He says, you know, thank you for everything you did, and Brax wants you to stay here. He begs yeah. you to stay here, and Dexa says, you know, he can't. He's got big responsibilities on Voyager. He's going to have to go back, and Neelix is is his heart is breaking. But he he leaves. To me, it was a bit of a cold goodbye. He's like, well, I can't he, get emotional. He, I've got no, to get out of here. He does say to the kid, he says, I promise I will stay in touch as long as I can. Because it's the further away you get from 
that asteroid yeah. towards Earth, we're gonna you're gonna lose communication, you know, abilities. But he does say I'll I'll stay in touch as long as I can. I'll try to stay in touch. And then there's no hugs or anything. I I feel I felt like Neelix couldn't deal with his emotions here. He yeah, had to, at yeah. this point, yeah, he probably would have had a breakdown. We cut into Naomi Wildman's quarters. There's a great opening shot of toys on her desk, mm-hmm. and she's at her computer doing uh homework for Commander Chakotay's paleontology class. Yeah. And I was like, what? Chicote teaches? Neelix offers to help her, but she's like, no, I'm good. I'm almost yeah. finished. Oh, yeah. She doesn't need me. She doesn't need you. Yeah. And Neelix says, hey, after you're done, you want to play Caddiscot? She goes, no, nah, I got to get up early. And he goes, how about okay. a bedtime story? She's like, no, yeah. I mean, you haven't done that in years. He's, and he's like, well, but think of all the stories you've missed. She's like, no, thanks, Neelix, but I can, I can put myself to bed. I'm not a little girl anymore. Right. I know she says mm-hmm. that, Robbie, but to me, I've been looking at her going, you're still a little girl to me. <laughs> she's still I, tiny. Okay? To me, yeah. to me, when she said that, I, that's when it hit me that she's grown. She has, not just in the story, right. but I can see Physically? the actress going okay. from, seven yeah. to 11 years I, old that's yeah. a big change she still yeah. looks tiny to me but yeah. but the the importance of this scene is she's saying to you you know it's okay basically you know what i'm, I'm saying it, you you know from this scene that if you were to leave voyager she's going to be in good hands she doesn't have to have you to to be her godfather right. anymore right. so right. each scene that comes on like, that happens after from this scene on is basically more validation for you to go I can okay. I can leave. I can be yeah. with the Talaxians now, right? Great scene. We go to the mess hall. It's a dark mess hall. He's coming back to the kitchen, feeling kind of lost a bit. You know, mm-hmm. Naomi doesn't need him anymore. Yeah. And there's a great reveal of as he pulls a pot or something away of Janeway sitting in the dark mess hall. He didn't yeah. see her. Yeah. This is the turning point because she she starts with, "Oh, I didn't think anybody else stayed up as late as me." I remember that line. Yep. Yeah. Really? That line. Yep. And you respond with, I wouldn't want you to have coffee all by yourself. Janeway says, have a seat. Mm -hmm. And then you say that you have been thinking about something. Um, It's hard for you to put into words and you wouldn't ignore your responsibilities in Voyager. You say, I take them very seriously. Janeway says, I know you do. I've been thinking about something too. Maybe you could help me. Neela says, I'd be happy to. Janeway says, it's an idea I need to talk to Starfleet Command about. Neelix says, well, it must be important. She says, well, it is. Now that we've established two-way communication with Earth, it seems to me that Starfleet could use a permanent ambassador in the Delta Quadrant. This, this ambassador would have to stay in frequent contact with Voyager. Neelix is like, certainly. And Janeway says, it would be difficult for me to run this ship without you, but that might be a sacrifice I'd be willing to make for the greater good of Starfleet. Of course, the assignment would be entirely voluntary. You wouldn't be interested, would you? And when she said that line, Robbie, I thought she was going to start crying. I really did. I, did I was too. like, Kate's going to start crying because you could see, like, she's basically also saying, I give you permission to leave Voyager. Right, um, right. I'll, we'll be okay. We're going to miss you. But I swear to God, I, I saw the beginnings of a tear forming really? in yeah. Kate's eyes. Yes. It was like, you, oh. There was, this scene was covered beautifully. The close ups were, were nice and meaty and yeah, in, yeah. in, you know, I, I was in your heads. Yeah. 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 yeah it was yeah. really emotional. Yeah. You were, I, in fact, you had one line in, in here where uh, he says about his, his responsibilities on Voyager. You said, I take this them very seriously. Right. And the reading of that line was so authentic. And I know yeah. it's not a big emotional line, but right. the, the truth you had with, with oh. you take your responsibilities on this ship very seriously. She felt it. I, I yeah. loved the yeah. scene. Yeah. She oh, gives wow. you permission. 
We don't know if you're going to choose to take her offer to be the ambassador that stays behind. Right. But uh, we cut outside uh, in the hallway. We see Neelix come out of the turbolift door. So it really it cuts from this really dark scene to a very lit scene because you come out of the turbolift doors and then you just, mm-hmm. it, it's awesome because the, the shot is on you. Neelix just looks to the right, looks to the left and is just shocked. And then as we reveal... It's every crew we start member. pulling back with him, Pull back. Yeah. and he's walking all by lined everybody. Up there. Remember, I'll never yep. forget that. Yeah, huge, huge there. scene. Um, you come around the corner, all the all the main players are there towards the end. Uh, but what what was great though is as you're walking down, every single one of our regular uh, background actors is there. Every single one, every stand-in is there. Every. every uh, all of our guys are there. And there were even, if I remember correctly, there were even some crew members that had got dressed up in uniform. Uh, oh, I, of, I, I, I think, would have to look back, but I think you may be right. Oh, yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. that too. The best boy or one, I can't remember who they were, but I remember yeah. saying, oh my God, the focus puller is in Star Trek. He's in a uniform, uniform. yeah. So I was that's not only awesome. saying goodbye to the cast, I was saying goodbye to the crew. To the crew oh. too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what, that really punched it for me. Mm-hmm. Was this the last scene you shot? Did they shoot this? Yeah, no, as... I shot the, I shot two weeks later, I shot the scene with Seven. But I mean, for this episode, did they save this to the end or did we shoot it and then you had to go back and do earlier scenes? Do you remember? I don't remember. I want to say it was the last scene. I I almost convinced it was. I think they saved it. Yeah. That would have been smart if they scheduled it. Yeah, I I believe it was. I'd have to say I'm 75% sure it was. And really, there's not much said here. You know what I'm saying? Very little. walk and it's Janeway saying, you know, goodbye and good luck, Mm -hmm. Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Tuvok, uh, and and you you didn't even say anything. You you look at everyone, and as you're about to go, Tuvok says, "Mr. Neelix," uh, and then you turn around to look, and he does the little foot thing, right? And then he he ends with "Live long and prosper," and then that's it, and that's the end. We see you go into the shuttle bay to, to your ship. We go into Dex's quarters. You put your bag down. Brax, Brax runs over to hug you. you. Yeah, Dexa joins you in a hug and i have to say that last image the three shot of her head on one side brax on the other with you in the middle that's great as it wrapped around and held that that tableau of the three of you in tight it was great beautifully framed beautifully composed great Mm -hmm. last image of the episode yep super super emotional okay great episode all right great episode robbie i'm gonna ask you um what is your lesson from this episode homestead I think the the thing that I wrote down, there's so many lessons in it, but the thing yeah. that I wrote down is that sometimes doing what's best for yourself can be painful. Like we may know we've got to do something. It's not going to be easy. It's going to hurt, but we have to do it. It is the right thing for us to do. You know, yeah. things are not always as clean as happy endings. There is a, this story has a happy ending and a sad ending. It's mm-hmm. neither all one thing or the other there's some pain involved but he but neelix is doing what's best for him i i believe he made the right decision so uh, yeah, that's my i've advice. always always felt that uh when people have asked me over the years do you regret having to leave the ship and i said it it was the most logical uh not just logical but it was it was the most it was a decision that was made with a fully a full heart it had to be that's the only it would have been ridiculous not to have stayed with them because yeah. I was, I fell in love and I had a family and what am I going to do on earth? You know? Yeah. And your journey was complete, you know? Yeah. 
It was complete. Yeah. The, what what you set out to do, what you needed to do as a character, and how you needed to grow, and what you needed to learn about yourself as Neelix. Right. That that was complete. I wouldn't have been yeah. able to do it on any other season because yeah. I wasn't completed yet. Um, yeah. But here, I, I I stepped up and uh, put on my uh, my big boy pants, if you will. It was a beautiful end to the arc. Yeah. yeah. What What about you, Garrett? What's your lesson? Don't be afraid to find the courage to stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the whole you know being evicted from their home kind of mm-hmm. issue. So I'm it's very heroic. What he did. Yeah. Everybody needs a pat on the back. I mm-hmm. told you my story about Scott Pelley. Uh, you know the, the anchorman for CBS Evening News? Yes. He's now on 60 Minutes. I used to watch him religiously. And I was walking down 57th Street one day. This is when I was doing All the Way on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I saw Scott Pelley. And I love Scott Pelley. I thought he was, since Walter Cronkite, he was my favorite guy. Mm. And I said, Mr. Pelley. And he turned and he looked at me. He said, I know you. I just saw you in All the Way last night. My goodness, how many characters did you play? And I went, oh, my goodness gracious. And we talked for a little bit. And then it, we, well, we were still in a 57 Street. We talked for like two or three minutes. And at the end, I said to him, you know, Mr. Pelly, he called me Scott. I said, Scott, when you sign off at night, we see that you care. We can see it in your eyes that Aww. you care. That's why I watch you. And Scott Pelly started brimming <laughs> and gave me a big hug. I remember thinking, wow. my God, everybody yeah. has to be told they're worthwhile. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're so right about that, man. Yeah. You're so and right. I, it doesn't yeah. matter where they are in life, you know, how successful they are. Yeah. Everyone needs that pat on the back. You and know, this whole podcast has been a pat on the back to me. Your praise and, and your your enjoyment of what I did, it really matters to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you matter to us. So that's why oh, we do this. You, you know. guys matter to me too. Yeah. Thank you, brother. We love you. What is your rating of this episode? What are you going to give Homestead? I can't tell if my rating is because of all the subtext that was going on mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give this a 9.5. This is, nice. and it's not a 10 because we got to say goodbye to Neelix. Right? Yeah. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to give right. that a 10, but I give this a wow. 9.5. It hits on so many levels. This is a really uh, successful episode for me. Yeah. It was yeah, really, really yeah. good. What about I'll, you, Garrett? I'll join you. I'll give it the same. I'll give the same rating. 9. I'll join 5? you for 9.5. Yeah. Do you have a rating? What would you rate this? Yeah, what would you rate 10? this? 6.72. And I'll tell you why. Um, no, I, I'm going to give it a 9.5. Why not? All right. We're all 9.5s. What is our uh, admirals and captains group average rating for this episode? What do we we have? The the captain and admiral average rating for Homestead is they gave it an eight. That's pretty high. Mm. It's it's usually between six and seven for the most part. All right. Well, that is our recap and discussion with the lovely and talented Ethan Phillips joining us of Homestead. Thank Thank you, you, everyone, for being there. Yes. Absolute pleasure to be here with you guys. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. We loved it. We loved it. And join us next week when Robbie and I will be discussing and recapping the episode renaissance man for those of you who happen to be patreon patrons please stay tuned for your bonus material and more ethan phillips goodness 